0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
1: Yes. Can you just smile at the person next to you? Tell them this is a bonus smile. And I, I, I like when I ask people to do that, and I just like the people who look at me purposely like, are you real? <laughs> do you think I left my house this Sunday morning just to smile? But would you because we i I think it's you we sometimes we trust God to do things in the service, but it's it's very often interesting how we don't realize that sometimes god what He wants to do is just between the two people who are sitting next to each other, and sometimes it's a word of encouragement sometimes it's something you would say sometimes it's something He would tell you to say. Um, so, please tell the person next to you, you're not sitting beside me by mistake. Yeah. Mystic. Okay. Um, have me tell them this is a blessed week for you? This is a blessed week for... Okay. God, God will... God will send everything you need this week. Okay. Everything. Even if you need miracles. Huh? <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> Cause sometimes I hear you need a miracle to win it. Eh? <laughs> mm. <laughs> so we've been we've been talking out of Acts chapter one. Um, by the way, it's Workers' Day on the first on Tuesday. People are like holiday. I think we take too many holidays in this country. <laughs> you can shoot me later. But the truth is, I think we take too many holidays. Um, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should one day sign a bill to reduce the holidays by half, (laughs) children of God. (laughs) But sometimes it's not obvious until you're an employer of labor, you know, because sometimes you're just paying salary and then it's a public holiday, public, and you're just eyeing your staff, eyeing the government. (laughs) When are we going to work? Let's manufacture. But I want to just thank everyone who serves in this house, whether you're officially a worker, whether you are. Uh, paid staff, whether you're not paid staff, whether you're a pastor or a minister, whatever you do. I just want us to thank everyone. Just put your hands together and thank everyone who serves at Life Point. Thank you so much. May God bless you indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been um, talking through Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Uh, mission possible. Jesus says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And um, we said Jerusalem is where you are, family, close friends, friends that stick closer than a brother. Judea is um, what we dealt with last week. It's the similarities in language. Um, so professional colleagues, neighbors, extended family. And we've looked at the fact that God has given us a mandate. We read through 2nd Corinthians chapter five uh two weeks ago. And we said this is important for us to note at this time. Because um when we talk about what the purpose of life is, um it's a huge philosophical question in our day, you know, and I like how we've spun it around. Big stories and big dreams. And we said to people, the purpose of life is to be the best that you can be. You know, to be the best of dream something and then become that thing. And that is fine. And, and I and I believe God wants us to be the best that we can be, and, and the biggest and, and all that. But that is fine as long as it's consistent with God's plan for you. Uh, one clear thing for me when it comes to purpose, especially for someone who is Christian, is that. Your purpose is not far from the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because there are many things we want to do. And Fullaby is a young man. It's like, I don't, yeah, he's a young man. He's um is um, aspiring to win a Grammy. Um he's also he sings very well, single. Abhi. He aspiring to get married, have kids, you know, then also, the whole family would come together and sing worship songs and, and, and all that stuff. Um, buy a house, a couple of houses, you know, head back into Abiyakuta and show them what, you know, what God has done for you. But we said on the first day that when, you know, and it's such a beautiful song that uh, she sang earlier, because when Father B shows up on that day before God, what will God ask him? Will God say that Grammy was, you know, was great? What, what will God say? Will God say, we'll talk, ask him about his wife? And that for me is the big thing. And, and our understanding, you know, is that the preaching of the gospel is a mandate that the church has received. Okay? Um, Samaria, John chapter 4. Samaria. John chapter 4 is actually a scripture we read the first day to John chapter 4. The Bible speaks about Jesus' conversation with the woman from Samaria. And the Bible says in John chapter 4 and verse 4, but he needed to go through Samaria. Jesus needed to go through Samaria. And um, <laughs> Samaria, I like to say, is the place where your feet does not normally cross. Uh, and it's different for all of us. We'll come there shortly, but it's where your feet normally doesn't cross. Um, you know, we know that whole story of the Good Samaritan. In, in fact, it's a reverse because now it's a case of the Samaritan person crossing over. But in Jesus' uh, discussion with the woman in John 4, in John 4 9, and then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? And the next line is important. It says, For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And so we said the people who are in our Samaria are people who we have no common points of interest. People who have historical differences with. Historical differences. People who speak a very different language from us. Interestingly, as Divine shared in Her God Experience, sometimes it could even be people who have hurt us previously. And so people who we've become alienated from even in our minds. It could be people who have a different faith from us. So you know that guy in your office that says he's a free thinker? You know how you just nod when he says it? It's judgment Day is coming. Yeah. <laughs> that Samaria, the guy says, I'm an atheist. Samaria people who are Muslims. You know when you meet someone, you go, hi, how are you? I'm fine. How you? So what do you do for church? What do you do for religion? I'm, I'm a Christian. I go to life. So What do you do? Oh, and no, I'm just an African worshiper. I do. I'm a Shango shung, worshiper. Ah. <laughs> you know how you you back off, you delete his number immediately. Go and wash your hands, pray in the spirit a bit. But you know you do that actually, because we're very superstitious. But Samaria is a very important place, and Jesus makes. I think John four is very important. In this discussion about the mandate, because Jesus makes a point of stopping at Samaria and having a discussion with the Samaritan woman, and I had written in my notes, you know, so it was it was for me just doubly confirming when the God experience was going on about how our lives are meant to be a love letter to Samaria. Our lives. Uh, help me tell the person next to you, your life is meant to be a love letter. Uh, somebody say, hey, no, I'm liking the service. I know I like this message. Hmm? Well, your life is meant to be a love letter. But you know how, um, like a student who hasn't studied for an exam, I wonder why some people's pages are still Blank. Because a friend of mine described to me a Samaritan experience, I think I would call it. She says someone asked her to go into to come with her husband for a business meeting some weeks ago in the city, and they went somewhere. It was late at night, and she's like, "You know, I don't go out at night." Her husband prevailed. They went, and she was like, ah, you "No, know, you know, Pastor Edris was just terrible, terrible, terrible." I was just looking at him, you know she was just what I mean. So, so you know. You know how that you could be in a city, but yet not know the city, right? So there are different parts of Lagos. And for a number of us who have been born again for a while, there is Lagos that we have, we have no clue about. And she says to me how they, they got into this place and everything about her was troubled. Her spirit, her soul, everything. She, you know, she was like, just looking at these people. Where are these people from? Why is this person, this old man here? Da, 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 da. And it was, I think it was like a bar or a lounge. And I think it then escalated because the guy says, oh let's pick up somebody at the next place. And she says, at the next place, when they open the door of the next place, that herself and her husband almost recoiled. They can't go into the place. Someone's like, where's that place, Pierre? Show me that place. Let God send me there. <laughs> but I think, no, I think the next place was a strip club. Someone's like, strip club in Lagos. Follow me? <laughs> You don't, you don't know there are strip clubs in Lagos. For love, <laughs> thats the point of this. No, it's okay. Play the keyboard. That's the point of this message. Not because you know. We, so we come to church. We come. Ah, we come to church on Sunday. We sing him. We dance. We know. Oh, we, we sing. And so we don't. We we behave like we do not understand that these places exist. <laughs> we the Samaria. All around us, Philip is asking the real key bodies to come and take. It. <laughs> and I sense that God, God is asking us as a church to begin to even look at Samaria to stop. You know, John four says, he says that the Jews have no dealings, and so not only do we not have we no recognition of the Samaria's around us. But it's oftentimes that when we think of those who are gospel worthy, we have also shut them out in our minds. Uh, Okay, let's try this one. There's some parts of the city where if you're driving at night, sometimes you see um, young ladies who are scantily dressed. You know, if you're like me, you then face forward, play your gospel music louder, speaking in tongues hoping that nothing stops your car there by any chance. If your car even breaks down there, you're just gonna put it off and run away. <laughs> um, I remember having to pick or go. She was doing some work at Citibank years ago, I think it was. And then it was a very notorious part of this and and, and you know kind of you just be wondering what am I doing here? Why it was it, it was, you know, people are just circling around your car. And so, can we, in good faith, come to church, pray in the Spirit, hear all the things that God is doing, trust God for this and for that and for the other. Ask God to bless us. Ask Him to promote us at work. Ask Him to kill our enemies. No, we don't do that one. Okay? And, and He does. He's just, you know, He's been kind to us. And then, there is Samaria around us, but we continue to act oblivious. So a couple of things in what we say is the toolkit for Samaria. and just try and put it all together. Um, I believe it's not all about arguments. There's something called the power of an attractive life. It, um, I believe that Christians are called to hold out a promise of hope. Light in itself is naturally attractive it promises clarity warmth safety e t c and just even organizing your life in such a way that it's attractive to people is important. I remember two weeks ago I spoke about how that it's sometimes um cultural now to be standoffish, not to be warm or nice because that's what it is it's that's you know sometimes when you elsewhere you're not in our country you are a bit suspicious when you're walking down the road and people just you know smile at you hello how are you you know of course over time the you you get used to it and then you start to even you start to greet people that are not greeting you but you know when you get back into lagos anybody who greets you is a suspect <laughs> How, what kind of ambassador frowns all through the day? What kind of ambassador looks like they're carrying the burden of the whole world? <laughs> I, I think there are little things we do. I think the are little things. Just even being welcoming and warm. But even allow God to begin to speak to people in Samaria having realized that God has not sent you to pronounce judgment upon anybody in Samaria, but rather to show forth his love, would you even consider putting up a warmer and more welcoming version of yourself? Because even in church on a Sunday, the attitude that some of us bring to church is interesting. And I says, Auntie would you please just Auntie, you can sit anywhere. <laughs> and, and it's interesting how, and I and I, I don't take it for granted how we the pressure of the city gets to us. Will you help me tell the person next to you? Tell them lighting up a bit, lighting up a bit. <laughs> I say that it's important to communicate simply in Samaria. And, and the reason you must communicate simply in Samaria is that if you've been born again for a while, you incorporate all sorts of religious lingo into your vocabulary, and you think everybody understands it. So you're telling somebody who's not Christian how, you know, oh, the glory of the Lord will come upon you. And the guy is looking at you like, "What? <laughs> the glory of who? The glory of the Lord? It will encamp, it will encamp around you, as the mountains are around Jerusalem." <laughs> you're just you're using big, and because what happens is, it's you can use big church words. You talk about sanctification or the right of the ecclesia, you know. It's all a function of grace, mercy, and God's faithfulness. And you are impressed with yourself. But the guy has no clue what you've said. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 11, he's speaking about the power of language. He says, therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks... And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. And so when you go into Samaria, you realize that you don't speak their language. And so it's important for you to get into a place where you go easy on the church lingo, if I I could use that phrase. Um, I mean, if you've ever had someone with a real accent speak before. Um, not all these ones that when we go on a holiday for two weeks and come back. and No, no, no. A real accent. Yeah? If even you, you're the one who will be telling them, I beg your pardon? They will talk. No, sorry. I, I'm not getting you. <laughs> because it blows everything totally. And so uh, it's important to note that as you speak to people in Samaria, that you need to actually dial back a little on your religious accent. Acts chapter 26, 24 to 27. Bible speaking about Paul as he speaks before Festus. And the Bible says, Now as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus. But speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I'm convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul, you read the whole of 26. Very simply puts out the context, the substance of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. It's, it's difficult for me to understand how you go to Samaria and you want to open and share the gospel and you, you try and talk about Titan. It has nothing to do with the gospel, it's, it's about where is man and God. It's about what has God done. One of the things which I said last week, and I think, and follow me, and someone did say to me a couple of weeks ago that I do tend to move very quickly in between points when I talk. Sorry. Um, One of the beautiful languages that is globally ahead is love. As I prepared for this, I kept getting that impression in my heart that, We still do not understand, as a church, the power of love. Okay. We still think about love as February 14th. You know, as flowers, chocolate, you know, or, you know, whatever else. But the Bible says God is love. In fact, love is one of the most powerful forms of spiritual warfare when God seeks to displace the entire hold of the devil over the earth, it's, an, it's the greatest expression of love that he employs. In fact, last week I said that love builds bridges that the gospel can walk upon. okay? Bridges that cannot be removed by human hands. I sense God is asking us that we should let the Holy Spirit break the fences that we have erected in our minds between ourselves and the people in our Samaria. (laughs) So God is having this discussion with, it's Peter, in Acts chapter 10, just before he pushes the gospel out to people, the Gentile people. Uh, He would bring this vision of stuff before Peter and say, Peter, rise and eat. So if we read out of Acts chapter 10, just, just follow me and I'll put it all together. Acts 10, 13, Peter, and, it says, and a voice came to him, says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, not so. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And so when we walk into Samaria, when we even look at Samaria, we must realize that we do not have the right to look down on any race, gender, religion, or age group. That if you understand that God created every one of us, and has given Jesus for every single one of us. But the value of human beings, every single person, whether they're in your Samaria or Judea or Jerusalem, skyrockets in your mind. Everyone is just as valuable as I am. Everyone is gospel worthy. Everyone is gospel worthy. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them you're worthy of the gospel. Uh, I don't think they heard you. You heard me tell the person on the other side, tell them you are worthy of the gospel. (laughs) Because you know it's difficult to help anyone who you already assume to be useless in God's hands. So my question is, who have you disqualified from the gospel? Because when Peter heads into Cornelius' house, sees the power of the Holy Ghost come down in verse 34 of Acts chapter 10, Peter says, then the Bible says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and walks righteousness is accepted by him. So, so this is interesting. So we're talking about, you know, going to Samaria. I'm saying to you, say the message simply. Reduce the lingo that you've gotten in church. It is useful when you come to church, use that lingo. But when you go out there, put out the gospel simply. Paul will say in First Corinthians, he says, I did not come to you with the excellence of speech. It wasn't I wasn't it wasn't about how nice the speech was. Because there were certain cities he went, made a fantastic speech, and then got beaten properly. We're reading Acts now, is there it? Because there's something called the power of inspired authorance. Because what happens is that when your heart is full of love, and as you yield, last week we talked about yielding to the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 12 says something that is, you know, for me, very powerful. 11 and 12. uh, Luke 12, 11 and 12. Jesus says, and when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities... Do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you would say. Verse 12 says for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. There is something there's something about the inspiration of the Holy Ghost upon your utterance. Because sometimes we think that we must have the perfect words to say to someone in Samaria so that they would you are not it's not about the things that you would say. The Bible says that the holy spirit convicts of sin. So I say look, would you desire as you go into Samaria the workings of the gift of the spirit? A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. So Jesus is talking to this woman and saying, "Oh, look, you're right. You 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 have you have Five, you've had five husbands. The guy you're staying with now is not your husband. That's the end. Doors open. Woman says, Tell me anything. Because as we go into Samaria, we cannot afford to go in our own might. The woman leaves John 4. She says, Come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. When there's inspired utterance, not just people talking out of their head. What happened in Acts chapter 3? The Bible says the more Peter began to speak, the Bible says that their hearts were caught, it says they were caught to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, look, what shall we do to be saved? I find that there are too many Christians, and this is including me, so it's not, it's not shade who still are very absorbed with the life that we're trying to live. And so we've not even tried to venture out. Because what happens when it comes to inspired author? And Jesus says, John, don't we just, just say something? The last one for this morning, the power of Miracles. Hebrews chapter 2 and 4 says, God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. If you read through the book of Acts, you found that the preaching of the gospel was meant to be attended by signs and wonders. He would say, if you find someone who is not feeling well, lay hands on them, says, and they would recover. If you're anything like me, the first thing, one of the things you think about is, okay, so if I lay hands on them and they don't recover, but well, Jesus, you're not here, so I'm the one who takes the flack that, you know. I think sometimes you're in Samaria and you just don't want all that drama. I mean, you are even just trying to be cool as you are now. You are just trying to maintain yourself as you are. Then, then Holy Spirit says you should now lay hands on. You should now tell that guy in the office that says, "Oh my goodness, you know, terrible toothache. He says you should lay hands. On. You know, you don't want to do that. But you, we sometimes don't realize that when we every time Jesus healed or performed a miracle, it opened the door for the preaching of the gospel. Mark 16, 20 says, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them and confirming the word with accompanying signs. Miracles open doors. Okay? And and God is calling someone just to step out of the boat. Okay, so... Let's land this plane. I said earlier how that there's so many things, so many sides to our city. There's so many places where we don't go. Sometimes it's places where we've been separated by just social status. Just it's interesting when you live in a neighborhood. Like this, that sometimes you do not realize that we are bordered by slums on all sides. And sometimes when you eventually will see... In fact, I, I remember a road in Lekki that one day I was parked beside it. And I could literally see people walking off the road. And it was almost as if they were disappearing into the ground. I'm not joking but they weren't disappearing into the ground. Apparently, um, there was like a whole slum, where you couldn't see it, Oh, you couldn't see it from the main road. But they would just come, and then they would just walk off, and whew, they're gone. It's amazing how much Samaria exists. It says the Jews have no dealings with Samaria. It's amazing how much pain and suffering still exist around us. It's amazing how much they talk about how there's a drug crisis in our country today. It's, it's 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 okay for us to process that because we don't see it. We don't. Do you know where they sell drugs? Follow me. <laughs> you don't even know where they sell any drugs at all. Which one? What drugs do you know, Falabi? Panadol. (laughs) No, but there's a real, there's a real, and Falabi's never going to play the keyboard for me again on the Sunday. But there's a real crisis. There's a real crisis. There are people who are getting high on all sorts of things (laughs) and destroying their bodies, their hearts, their lives it's Samaria, but we we're like, that's none of my I'm not. we have no dealings with them so when we pray today, church it's two prayers one prayer is saying Father, would you show me where Samaria is because for, for different people I believe God wants to send you to different places Just show me where Samaria is, and, and I think he would begin to open your eyes. The second prayer is one where if you don't mind, you would ask God to use your life the, you know signs and wonders will follow, but there will be inspired authors we're not trying to. <laughs> Invite you to become a spooky Christian. I don't think so. But I, I think that the, when you look at the essence of the Christian faith, Paul will say there are those who have a form of godliness. He says, but they are denying the power thereof. Okay. Someone, Samira is right at work tomorrow for you. My heart has been fairly heavy over the last couple of weeks as I, I've i almost had to audit and just check people who have lived so close to me for, as in fact, there's someone who's very closely related to me, and I realized that I had never, I had sent him a message last night, I had never really, I had not for the last couple of years checked about his faith, and so I had to check up It's... So heavy just considering how even as a pastor you can live in the bubble of your own faith. Okay. Um let's pray. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray. So it's the first prayer this morning is Father, would you show me my Samaria? Would you show me where Samaria is? Would you show me what I need to see? Would you show me one, and he would show, in the course of the week, he would show different people different things. He would show different people different things. The Bible says Jesus needed to go through Samaria, and in fact, he didn't actually go through. He he went to a village called Sychar, that's where he met that woman. Um, and I don't know who God he will he will just push your heart and say, you know, that these people, you know, but and for someone it will be people who you've taught are unworthy. Of the gospel, or you've never really thought we were worthy, you didn't think they were unworthy, but you just never thought, but he's saying I want to reach them also I want to reach them also, he says would you do would you mind do you mind sharing the gospel sharing the faith with X and Y type of people I think God will love everyone in this service today to respond to essentially what is a call. But it's not a it's not something it's not a popularity thing. It's not something that we're doing to be part of a cool crowd. I think it's also something very personal uh, that God is asking people to commit to. To say, Lord, I will I will preach. I will, I will share. I will share with XY people. People who are disadvantaged. People who are challenged. People who uh, in this place, in hospitals, people because there's Samaria everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And then, as you as you pray that prayer, would you, if you don't mind, then also pray, pray what you're saying, Lord. Um, I want to see all these other things at work in my life, signs and wonders, inspired authors, fill my heart with so much love that you bring me to the place where you can walk through me freely, unhindered. Uh, Let me not just chase the things that are mine. The scripture they read before the song, Philippians chapter 1, says, for me to leave is Christ to die is gain. To leave is Christ to die is gain.
0: Fill me up till